turn to the book of uh, Matthew chapter 16. We're going to be reading there. And, you know, the devil has been defeated. Powers and principalities have been defeated. And you and I mm -hmm. and everybody sitting here has given, been given the victory. That's right. But the devil, he's still out there, and he's walking around. He's trying to steal that victory. He's trying to get inside your head. Let me see the ha hands of all the people you know. Something is trying to get inside your head that isn't right. <laughs> okay, great. You're all in there. Oh, half of you got it made, or half of you are oh, lying. No. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but the devil is always trying to play with, with our, our emotions. And trying to find a place. Uh, I always go back to that scripture where Jesus said in John 14 when he was aware you know of the timing of his death and so it says that in the word of god that john 14 15 16 jesus began to prepare his disciples for his death for his resurrection for what was coming and he said in john i think it's 14 28 or 29 he said and when the devil comes he's coming for me but when he comes he will find no place in me and i think that's uh, oftentimes i'll hear that in my spirit don't give the devil a place to come for and you know he has no right to touch us because we are we are in christ uh we are in him and we are covered by the blood and so he really has no place unless we give him that place to come against us you know if you're doing something that you know is really wrong you know god tells you to stop drinking stop smoking stop chewing stop going with people that do you know you're supposed to do that so yeah. turn to your neighbor and say i'm smart enough to realize that i'm smart enough to realize that. <laughs> how many of you realize that when you're doing something really stupid that's sin in your life you know it and yeah. god tells you yeah three of you thank yeah. you <laughs> <laughs> but what I do think, and this is not the message tonight, but what I do think, it's a message I am working on, I do think that there are a lot of believers who don't understand the serious ramifications of fear and anxiety. And I believe in these end days, it's one of the things that are going to trip up a lot of believers who thought they were strong in the Word and that God was going to protect them. And God is going to protect you. But if you are allowing fear and anxiety in your life, you're going to have a difficult time in what we are going to be experiencing. So that was free. That didn't cost a thing. I know. Well, However, we're message. talking about tonight, don't misplace your keys. Let me see the hands of all the people who have a challenge of misplacing their keys. Oh, <laughs> did you come to the right circle? I didn't expect that many hands. <laughs> Glory to God. Don't misplace your keys. And I want to I start with sharing this, and then we'll read in Matthew 16, because it's talking about the importance of keys, and it's a play on words, but I thought the Lord showed me this. When Pam and I, a few visitors, my wife and I, just got back from about 10 days, 11 days down in, in Florida, and we just love it down there. And we were on the same beach. Love, <laughs> <But> <laughs> love to go. <laughs> Love to go and love to come back. And now we've been back a while. It'll be time to go again, I think. I know. I just, <laughs> but we, we really do love it down there. But, but the first thing that happened, we had just arrived and uh, spent the night. We got there a little bit late. And we spent the night. We got up that morning, took some stuff out of the trunk. And as I slammed the trunk down, I realized my keys are in the trunk. <laughs> I absolutely started to panic. Not because the keys were in the trunk, not because I knew it was going to cost us money, but because I know the cardinal rule, you never, ever lay car keys in a trunk for any reason. And when I shut it, I realized that they were in there and that those keys were in there. And I just, Pam came out of this apartment where we were at the same time, looked down, and I, He was I, like this. <laughs> 
I didn't want to. I just saw the back of him, but he wasn't moving. And he was just looking <laughs> at the trunk. <laughs> and we were going to breakfast. And I thought, that doesn't look like things are quite right. But I amazingly did not get upset. Usually things like that would cause me to speak up a little. She really, she was very encouraging. She said, I said, is something wrong? I hollered from the balcony and he turned and looked at me. I go, the keys? I said, it's okay. We'll find them. And I went on the porch. I know when to leave. That's really good, ladies. Know when to leave. Maybe we ought to do a message on that. Uh, (laughs) On that note, I left. And I went through the apartment to the other porch and just sat out there and believed God that we'd get to breakfast sometime. I, I really, I, I was just so upset with myself. How many of you know what it's like to just be infuriated with you? And I was infuriated with me. And I just, I, and then I just, finally I just said, this, okay, God, I have no idea what to do. And immediately I heard, call the manager. And I thought, well, they're not even open. It's 830. How many of you have ever tried to reason away what God tells you to do? I called them, and they answered the phone. And I said, I didn't know you were open this early. He said, we're not. <laughs> we're not open. But, uh, but I told him the situation, and he, he said, okay, there's a locksmith in Sarasota you can call, and, and they'll come out and get it. And I thought, well, I wonder how far away that is. And he said, you know, sometimes it takes them several hours. I finally called this guy and got a hold of him. He said, I am coming through a place called St. Armand's Circle right now, which is about 10 minutes away from us. He said, I'm coming right by your hotel. I'll make you the first stop. $60 later, we were able to get into our cars, and I considered it a heck of a deal. It was a rental car. This wasn't our car. So that made it even more, you know, we didn't know anything about this car. But anyway, it all turned out for good. Yes, it did. We, mm-hmm. we blessed the guy. I, yeah. I gave him a nice tip, and, and uh, I finally got right with myself, and we had a good time. Yeah, we did. And did we you? ate breakfast. No. It was noon, but we ate breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was. You can eat breakfast anytime, you it, know. It doesn't it, matter. It really was. Yeah. But today, but today we're talking about uh, don't, don't misplace your keys. Obviously, that's a play on words. But we have been given by Jesus the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And to the kingdom of this earth that we live on. And if you understand how to use your keys, you can walk in the authority that we've been given. The devil is a defeated foe, but he walks around like that roaring lion that we're going to be talking about in just a moment. But in Matthew chapter 16, the word keys, if you ever study it, it it signifies authority. Everybody say keys. Keys. Signifies. Signifies. Authority. Authority. So when Jesus was asking, who do men say that I am? Who, who do you say Jesus is? He's the Christ, the okay. son of the living God. Okay, just very like good. Peter, yeah. Very good. Ask your neighbor if you know who Jesus is. <laughs> now, if you do, because there are some people who don't, we're yeah. going to give you a chance to receive Jesus at the end of this, of this, of this message. But, but what it says in verse number 13, you want me to go ahead and read it or you want to read it? You can read it. You sure? Mm-hmm. Can I read it better than you or you sure. read it better you than me? It, it doesn't matter. You okay. read it. This writing's pretty little. Okay. Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I am? The Son of Man I am. And so they said, Well, some said John the Baptist, Elijah, others Jeremiah, some the prophets. Then he said, No, no, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, You are Christ, the Son of God. 
And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for the flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say this to you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of he uh, hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So who has been given the authority to bind and loose? Let's all say it. I have. I have. And how do you bind and loose? You use the word. At your thoughts and your yep. words. Yes. How do you do with binding and loosing? Are you good? Most of the time. You hesitated. I don't know. That's Well, sometimes you have to stop before you speak and think about what you're going to say or you loose the wrong thing. So this is a really good message for women. Stay in your seats, ladies. All right. Let me, I'll let, take care of him when I get him home tonight. Don't you no, worry. Let me, let me He's going to be in trouble. Let me ask you a question. Who yeah. thinks faster? Who thinks faster, women or men, usually? Women. So they got to be more on guard. Oh, well, you want to put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> What do you think, guys? <laughs> but, oh, dear. But, but seriously, what, what happens is, uh, and, I, and I know it's humorous, but, but, I, but if you think fast and you don't always think binding and loosing, you get yourself in trouble. Mm -hmm. They said, well, I do a good job 10%, I mean 80% of the time or something like that. Well, you give the devil 20%. And the devil only needs a small percent to take advantage yes, of you and does. to get in there. Mm -hmm. So before we engage our mind and before we engage our mouth, we have to know what is the key that I'm about to release? What am I binding and loosing? So the doctor gives you a negative report that is really bad. Fine. Thank God for the doctor. Thank God for what they did with medicine, research, and all that they did. But now you've got to loose the power of God into that situation. Not necessarily accepting that report, but loosing the power of God and taking a negative and turning it into a positive. And I believe that's what Jesus meant in John 15, 7, and 8 when he said, If you abide in me and my, and my word, word abides in you, ask whatever you will. And herein it shall be given to you. And that whatever it is that you desire, we know he's talking about in accordance with the will of God. But then he says, in this my Father will be glorified in all that you receive from him. So we've got to know what we're believing for in every situation. When we do what God says in his word we can do, he will be glorified. Yeah. When we do what he says we can do, then he will be glorified because it will not even look like us when it happens. It will be so beyond what we could do that everybody will know that it was him that accomplished. How many of you know that is true? For instance, if you get a really negative report, but you respond with the word of God and you begin to loose the truth of the word of God, that will loose him working through you to bring that to pass in your life. And it will glorify him because people will think, how, how, what are you doing? Why are you, not, why are you not falling apart? Now, I'm not saying that we don't have emotions and we don't express those emotions, but the enemy doesn't care about your emotions. The enemy will use your emotions. And so when we get in any situation, we have to know what is God saying to do right 
then before we speak. We had a situation in Tulsa. I remember a young man um, that was in an accident, and he actually drove the car. I don't know how he did it, but it went up uh, up on a pole, up a, the wires that hold a pole up. The car went up that wire. And uh, in long story short, they said that he had broken his neck. And so that report came to the church, and that report was never given to any of us. The report we were given was that he was healed by the stripes of Jesus, that his neck and every vertebrae in his neck was functioning properly. I mean, we, we were given what to say. Why were we given that? Because the leadership in that church believed that the word had power to change the circumstance. It had power to lose life because it says the word of God is a living it is living it's alive we don't serve a dead god we serve a living god and his word is living and it has power to change and so uh we were we were trained that way now do we do i i can't speak for him but do i always do that not always but i do know the importance of it because that young man nobody could explain it but he ended up going right back out and playing soccer which they didn't really recommend but he did not have one area of his body when that was said and done it made the tulsa world front page he was healed he was healed and so the original report was turned around and and i believe that it had a lot to do with if not all to do with the fact that everybody in that body and you could not go in his room the only thing scriptures he was rotated on a bed the scriptures were below him on the side up above and the other side and that young man would just pray in the spirit and pray in the spirit and he's healed today and does whatever he wants to do you know as we get closer and closer to things that are going to be coming on the face of the earth that jesus told us that we're going to be coming and then paul said too though uh, there, there is something to be said about people who we all have emotions. Turn to your name and tell me. You, we all have emotions. We all have emotions. Some seem to be able to control them a little bit better than others. Mm-hmm. How many of you realize that you're one of those people that your emotions sometimes get the best of you? What happens is that, and I know it always sounds funny because I am more emotionless. Yes. Don't you think? Yes. Yeah. So, so I don't mean like I'm a good guy. I just mean that I'm kind of dull. What you see is what you get. She's kind of, you know, like whatever. And and but 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 you, I have both of our emotions. Well, well, like she'll say, "What, what are you going to do about what happened?" I say, "What, what happened?" It's, it's like it's like it's like sometimes we're a little yeah. slower to react. Yes. But as things speed up, it's like if you're driving a car 100 miles an hour or 60 miles an hour, you got more time for your reflex you really have to know what you're doing and how you're going to respond to what just happened what am i binding what am i loosing and if we come into agreement with the devil i don't truly know how this works in its totality but i do know this when you give negative reports out of your mouth and out of your mind you are releasing agreement with the devil for him to do whatever he wants to do could God stop him? Well, sure, God can do anything. But for whatever reason, we give him the ability to do what he wants to do based on our coming into agreement with him, with reports, with circumstances, with situations. But when we come into agreement with Almighty God, the ministering angels go into act. We have the power, we have the authority to bind the work of the devil because he is a defeated foe. 
So let's just say the devil is defeated. The devil is defeated. But he does walk around, as we're going to talk about, as that proverbial lion. And I want to share this example of, of when they came to fix my car that had the keys in the trunk, because it was such a, a vivid example spiritually to me. He finally was able not to open the trunk, but to get through the window somehow with a suction device and unlock the car. And he said, just push the trunk lid, but some of these have security codes on them now. This is a brand new car. And he said, some of them have security codes, and some of these foreign cars, we don't know how they operate. So I went in, and I pushed the trunk lid, and I was thinking, it'll gum up, and it'll, and it did nothing. And he said, no problem. I'll take the back seat out. We'll get right through the back seat. He went there, and he said, you can't get through the back seat. This thing is all solid. That seat doesn't come out. Wow, I don't know what we're going to do. So we had to call back. <clears throat> and I'm just sitting there really perspiring, weatherwise and otherwise. And so he had to call back, and he said, okay, we got, we, I think we know what to do now. I take your battery, and he said, put the hood up, and he said, I'm going to take your battery, and I'm going to take the positive uh, cable off, and then when the negative cable is all I have there, I want you to push the, the trunk, and, and we're believing that will open it. So I pushed it, didn't do it. He says, I don't know what we're going to do now. So he made one more call back to the office. And the guy apparently told him what she repeated to me afterwards. He said, no, reattach the negative cable, uh, 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 unattach the negative cable, and reattach the positive cable. And he said, push the button. And I pushed the button, but I was looking at him, and I didn't hear anything click. And I thought, oh, this isn't going to work. And he said, your trunk is open. <laughs> I really rejoiced. And it was like the positive cable had to be on, and the negative cable had to be removed. Off. Yeah, off. And, I, and when I was listening to him explain that whole thing to me, and I thought, oh, isn't that spiritual? You get rid of the negative, and you get the positive. Isn't there an old song like that? Mm -hmm. Accentuate. The positive, eliminate the negative. You know how to sing it? Well, you I got, don't know. That's right. You don't have to. Anyway, in, in other words, let's just say, get rid of get the rid negative. Of the negative. And use the positive. And use the positive. And what happens in is we look at things like God does. Yes. He speaks things. And don't are, mess with Mr. In-Between, it yeah, says. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. there's no like maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Okay? Not no in the middle. But God speaks things that are not as if as they if were, they Romans 4, 17. Mm -hmm. So you look at your checkbook, and your checkbook is empty. But the Word of God says that we have abundance for every good work. So we lose the power of God by saying, thank you, Lord, for the abundance that I have. He get, we get God's attention. We lose the power of God in the heavenlies. He releases the abundance to us because we're calling for it. We're thanking Him and praising Him for it before we see it with our natural eyes. And we're really binding the works of poverty off of our life. Yes, and I just thought of this. It's not in the message, but uh, if, if you're ever in that situation, be open to what He says to do to get that prosperity because it may involve a lot of work. Yep. You know, faith you know comes by hearing and hearing the word of god and and finances do come through the power of the word being spoken over our lives but also god will give us things to do that open the door to those finances coming in our life and oftentimes it's working doing things we wouldn't even ever want to do but it is the tool that god will use to send the finances. It might even not even come from the job. It'll come from somebody in that job who God sends to bless you, but you're only in that position because you obeyed God and went to work. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. I think oftentimes people are waiting for it to happen to them, and they got to go do what God says to do because in that place is where they're going to receive that blessing. And it won't necessarily be the eight fifty an hour they're going to pay you. It's the guy that's next to you that God speaks to to say, pay their rent. And because you didn't go work for eight fifty an hour, you're not going to get your rent paid. Everybody say, uh-oh. See, so, you know, in those situations that we run into, God wants to help us, always wants to help us. I really believe that we, it has to reach the point in our lives, and you can turn to First Peter chapter 5 if you have your Bibles. I believe it has to reach the point in our lives when as a discipline and as a habit, we go through the day constantly binding and loosing. Things that are not lining up with the Word of God, we're binding them, we're loosing the power of God, and we're loosing then the power of God on the things that we know God has shown us that we're going to do. We can speak forth the Word of God, that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus. We rebuke sickness and disease. When you do those things, it changes the spiritual atmosphere that you're in, and it does work to bind the work of the devil. And one of the primary areas where the devil is trying to work is in your mind. Every single one of you are attacked daily in your mind. And the devil comes, and we're going to go there in just a moment in First Peter chapter, or oh, that's where we're going right now, isn't it? Uh -huh. is that that's what, what you said? just said. Yep. Is that what I said? Then yep. it must be. It must be. <laughs> but in First Peter chapter 5, when, uh, well, let's just go there. First Peter okay. chapter 5. Do you have a <clears throat> Yes, I do. Okay. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, which God has said to us in the communion, in the offering message, and in the message we're talking about right now, everybody say, I need to listen. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, does walk about like a roaring lion. Like a roaring lion. Everybody say, like a roaring lion. There is only one lion. It is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And the devil always tries to imitate him. So he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same suffering, sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. Now, <clears throat> number one, he starts out talking about humility. And in the, in the beginning, when I read that whole co context of Scripture, normally we go right to cast your cares upon the Lord and, and, and about what it says about uh, the devil walking about his roaring lion. But the whole premise of what yeah. is being shared is talking about people who need to humble themselves before the hand of Almighty God. You are not in charge. Turn to your neighbor and tell you are not in charge. <laughs> you are not in charge. <laughs> God is in charge and he's not looking for our sacrifice. He's looking, and, and Jennifer said it earlier, he's looking for our obedience. He just wants us to be obedient. And if we will do what he says, and he, and he exalts the humble. So when we humble ourselves and realize that we didn't defeat the devil, God defeated the devil, and God gave the victory to us so that we could walk with binding and loosing the keys of authority that we would have them. So number one is humility. You can't walk and cast your care if you don't have humility. Yeah. Because humility is believing that God is going to take care of it, yeah. and you can't. 
and then you can cast the care because you know it's not going to be in your ability to do it. But when you humble yourself, when you say, God, it's yours. I read just today about Copeland. He was preaching in a meeting in Texas, and he said people were staying away by the thousands. <laughs> it was one of his first meetings, and he said he had a lady and two other people and himself that he was preaching to every night. And he said he just, you know, really started getting discouraged. And the Lord said to him, cast the care on me. I've got it. And he said, I know the devil was thinking, this guy is so dumb that he can't tell uh, that he's having a flop. You know, it, this meeting isn't working. And he doesn't even know the difference because he's not even worried. He said, I decided just to whistle and be happy. And, and I was casting the care all the way that night to that meeting. And I thought, and this is what he said to himself, that woman, if she's the only woman there, she's going to be the most preached up woman in all of Texas. Hallelujah, because I'm preaching to her just like that's full. And he said, you know what happened? The devil left and the people came and everything worked out. The enemy will challenge us. And when we try to make our own way, he can really mess us up. But when we just say, God's got it, he'll take care of it. God said, cast all my care. Then the enemy has a problem because he's no longer dealing with you. He's dealing with the one that already defeated him. And he will leave because he remembers that incident really well. So how many of you sometimes struggle with being as humble as you should be? Okay. Mm. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, stop struggling and do it. <laughs> it's not about you. It's about him. Mm -hmm. And when you put other people first, everything is going to be okay. Don't be concerned about what happened to you. But then number two, we've got to cast every care. How do you do about casting every care? Well, I'm doing better at that. There's too much hesitation. <clears throat> I know. But when this happened, this I'll tell you what will really cast your care. Uh, you know, we we don't have we save up to go on our vacation and we don't do any other that's our vacation. We've been doing it for twenty five years. We do it because we like it, but we have to really save to do it. And uh, we don't do a lot of other things, but we save to do that. And so the first thing the devil tries to do is take our money. And you know what? When we got out there on the porch after he came up and he was I mean, Pastor Bill was just sweating. I mean, because it was hot. And uh and he was sweating, like he said, for more than one reason. But he said, you know, the guy was only going to charge me $40, but I just felt, you know, I gave him another 20 you know. And he said, I said, well, look at that. He, he had a blessing. He had an opportunity to get blessed today if our keys hadn't been in the trunk. See, he wouldn't have never been here. Right. See, when you take what the devil tries to steal from you and you give it, he just about passes out. He probably does. It probably causes him to have a, you know, a real hissy fit because he lost. Everybody say he loses. Because if he, if, if you give it, God will bless it. And he knows that. If you don't, he does. And so when you release anything that the devil, you know, how many of you have ever had your tire go flat? You know, right before we went on vacation, my, my, yeah, you did that on Saturday night. My tire, I accidentally hit a curb. It was an accident. And <laughs> I wasn't even going fast. And I mean, I was pulling into a cul-de-sac and, and it knocked a hole in my tire. And so I was determined I didn't want Pastor Bill to have to come. So I just drove as fast as I could to Mike Razor's. And by the time I pulled in, it was going. And the, the door went up and I pulled in and, you know, there I was with this broken tire. And that, that ended up, they didn't have to fix one tire. They had to fix two. $400. You know what I thought? Well, praise God, it didn't happen on the highway. 
You know, when you, when you begin to change the way you look at things, you know, I, and I know we don't have a lot of $400 floating around either, but I'm not going to give the devil an opportunity to ruin what God's trying to tell me to do. And it's taken me lots of years to do this. But if you'll start practicing, I promise you, God will come to your aid and he'll make up that difference some other way. If we just do this, cast your care, take no thought for your life. It does say that in the word of God. Take no thought for your life. Hey, you know that place where you ran into the curb and you yes. said it was real narrow? Yeah, you went I was there. By the, the I know, day, and nothing they happened. They had a 24 passenger bus in there. Well, that little narrow spot was. I, I just haven't thought, think about that. Hey, uh, but the I work, think the devil did it. The word. <laughs> <laughs> I think he just grabbed that wheel and hit that and the, popped it. Now, if you'll, if, if you'll remember this, whenever you see the word care in the New Testament, it normally is the root word merimno. And the root word here, cast every care, means same. worry and distraction. So if you want to read this the way it really reads, cast every worry and distraction that is coming to you that is contrary to the will of God and the word of God and get it out of your mind, get it out of your vocabulary, get it out of your speaking, get it out of your thoughts because it will just mess with your mind and it will make you enter into doubt and fear and unbelief and all of those other things. So that's why it is so important not to cash or not to carry any cares. If you don't know what to do about something, give it to God. He does. And and if if that becomes a revelation to people, it's like, I don't know what to do, then why are we thinking about it? Give it to God, move on, and do what you can do. And then it says that and it goes on to say the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. Well, how can he destroy you? He has to get into your thought life. He has to get in there and plant a seed. Now, I don't know how this works spiritually. I just know it does. The devil seems to be free to bring anything into your thought life that you will entertain. How many of you found that to be true? But if you won't entertain it and you cast it out, then you won't think it. And we, and I know it always sounds funny when I say this, but we are in charge of what we think. Mm-hmm. And God has left you in charge of what you think. And he's left me in charge of what I think. Yes. And we have the ability to think, which is to bind and loose with our thoughts and with our actions. Everything, everything you do is thought, uh, uh, you, you think it, you speak it, and you act it. That, that's exactly what we do. That's why people that act funny are thinking funny. People that act weird are thinking weird. People that do dumb things are thinking dumb thoughts. They, He's a psychologist. Do you see that? They re- <laughs> they, it, it's not rocket science. <laughs> if you do something dumb, you thought dumb first. Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what Paul said? I forget where it is. I think it's Proverbs 12. No, he didn't write Proverbs. No, he didn't. He wrote, <laughs> <laughs> you visitors are probably really uh, impressed. Wrong. <laughs> Where did he, he, he wrote, it says, I desire you not be stupid. Oh, he did write that yeah, in one it. of the epistles. It can't be in Proverbs. No. He wasn't around then. Well, you go ahead and preach. My nose is running. <laughs> you go ahead and preach. I'm going to find it because I love it. Because Pam, I said something one day and I said, you know, people acting stupid. She said, you shouldn't say that. And I said, Paul said that. I just quoting Paul. Go ahead. I'll find it. Where am I? I don't, you're supposed to be. Be alert. Be alert. 
which I'm not right now. This is a good example right here. I'm not alert. Uh, you know, when the enemy doesn't give you a lot of notice, uh, that's what I'm finding in my life, especially as things intensify. Does it seem like we're more busy than we used to be? And, uh, and even as I watch um, my daughter with her children, you know, it's, it's like we all have to get involved just so everybody can get where they're going on time uh, because it, it, everybody's so busy. And when people get busy, I believe that's when the enemy sets up his, his strategic plan because in busyness, we, we're using our mind. You know, we're just trying to keep up with what's going on. And, and to hear the Spirit of God, it says in the, in the Word all the time, uh, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. And there's a reason for that. Because it's not just living your life and being busy. It, it takes time to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. I mean, he may be speaking, but it's not the loudness of the world. It's not the loudness of the busyness of the world. And so we have to be on spiritual alert. Not just, you know, alert to, you know, a red light or a green light. Uh, even, in your, even in your driving today. Uh, how many of you have been almost hit uh, you know, almost run into because people are texting. You know, I, I you know, I don't know where the police are. You know, uh, because they're supposed to stop texters. And you know, if they give me a badge, I see them all the time. And you know, a lot of them are at red lights. You gonna go get them? Well, if Rodney would give me a permission or badge or something, because you know that 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 you're when I have to text, I pull over in a parking lot, and I stop and put it in park, and and I make sure there's still no police around because I'm behind the wheel. But you know you're not supposed to drive and text. Amen. People are doing that all the time, and uh, and, and that you're not alert. How many of you know you're not alert? I, I went home from my daughter's house the other night, and from 26 and Creasy, the last thing I remember seeing was Don Pablo's till I saw your house, which is a long way from Don Pablo's. And I thought, oh, I don't even remember getting here. Am Your I the only one? Closed? No, I didn't have my eyes closed. <laughs> no. I was awake, but not alert. I was awake because it, my car was totally fine. There were no bumps, you know, uh, no, nothing happened. That's what happened when you hit that curb. You weren't awake. <laughs> I knew that was coming. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> he had me laughing hysterically before church tonight, but I can't even remember now what it was. But he gets me so... It's Tickled. Just, it's just my presence. <laughs> I guess when you get this age, you know, really, it doesn't matter. It, nothing's that serious. It really isn't that serious. Somewhere, Paul said that I desire. Well, we'll not look be it stupid. up later, honey. I can't find it anywhere. It's almost time to stop. So. But, <laughs> but I will ask you this: How many of you don't like correction? Are you ready for this? Uh, drum roll. Proverbs chapter 12. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. <laughs> well, he found him another one God. in the process. The now, now he's got two stupids. This is written for husbands. What? To share with their wives. 
You are in now, such trouble. First John chapter five. This is so important. It it just it, it fits right in with walking with our spiritual authority that we have to bind and loose. It says that this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask whatever we, uh, I just said it all wrong. That's right. This is the confidence yeah, that we have in Him. That if we ask anything according to His will, He, he hears us. And if we knows that He hear, we, if we know that He hears us, then we have the petitions that we have asked. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, That's in, what so in other words, how does that play out? Well, we need to ask Him. Yeah. It's a slow response. How does this play out? Under, <laughs> it's supposed to flow a little faster. Well, now let me just say this. Today, when he couldn't figure out what happened with the other message, he said to me, I said, am I supposed to preach with you tonight? He said, how can you preach with me if I don't know where I'm going? <laughs> and I said, praise the Lord. Do it. You know, I don't ha- I'm not doing it. And then I got home at 4.30, and he said, did you get my email? And I said, no. He said, well, I sent you the message for tonight. So I am a little behind. What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> well, I'm lost. What, what, I, what I mean is that, that if you know what God has told you, yes. the promises in the book and the promises in your prayer journal, yes. you've written down what you think God has told you, you have here all the promises, so you know the will of God for your life. So for all of you who are wondering what the will of God for your life is, turn to your neighbor and tell him you already know it. You already know it. <laughs> the word of God, the written word, and what God has given us. So then anything that comes against that is to be bound. Yes. And, and we loose, loose the what the word of God says. Yes. Sickness and disease, we bind that and we loose the power of God. When we have financial challenges, when our mind seems to be tormented, and we say, hey, I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. I don't have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Let's just say, I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. Now put your hand on your mind. It's right up here. For those of you not sure, right up here. <laughs> and just say, I have a sound mind. I have a sound mind. We have a sound mind. <laughs> yes. We Amen. have a sound mind. Amen. So therefore, whenever somebody, and you know as well as I do, there are times when you've wondered what happened to your mind. There's that, what's that lady on TV? I really like her. She's from South Africa. Uh, she wrote a book. What happened to, what's her name? She, she, she ministers on the mind all the time. Carolyn Leaf. Yeah, 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 Carolyn Leaf. What a wonderful lady. I'd love to have her sometime. And uh, she would be awesome to have yes, her. Yes, she does. But she wrote mind. a book called What Happened to My Mind? Or no, What Was I Thinking? <laughs> yeah. Or uh-huh. something like that. I don't know what she said. Anyway. <laughs> but you know your mind can go south in a moment's notice. This is why my life is so fun. She said something profound. I know she did. And I have it in a book. It's highlighted. <laughs> but I don't have the book with me. Go ahead. Well, it says that God calls those things that are not as if they were. Yeah. Everybody say, as if. As if. Everybody say it again. As if. They were. they were. That means we, as the body of Christ, are called into the earth to begin to declare what God would declare if he were here. And in every situation that we get in, we need to declare and take a moment to hear what God would declare. And then begin to do what God says to do. And the glory of God will come into that place. That's, that's the part of it that's so wonderful, is when you cooperate with God... And you're in a very difficult situation and you begin to speak what God speaks. You can feel the presence of God 
I mean, it's 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 tangible. It, I'm not talking an emotion. It's different. It's but you know he's there, and the glory of God defeats every work of the devil, every work, things that we cannot do. But we have to we have to step into that place of letting him be who he wants to be through us, and that means that we've got to be in this place where we hold onto those keys and we know which one to use. When we were in Tulsa, they gave us a book for if we got calls in the very beginning when we first went to work there. And Bill was in Bible school, and it was called Scripture Keys. And it was a little blue book. I think I still have one in my desk here. And it lists different things that could happen to people and, and different reports people would get. And then it had scriptures. And, and Pastor Billy Joe would say to us, don't talk about the problem. Speak the word. Everybody say, speak the word. And we would, we would begin to read those scriptures over that person and make that a prayer. I pray, Father, that in this situation, and then we would pray whatever that was that they needed. And, you know, sometimes you get in situations where you can't remember. You know, I mean, have you ever been in a situation where your mind just goes blank as to what to do? You know, carry something in your purse or have something in your pocket that, that is the Word of God. So you're ready and prepared because I believe the day we're living in, we have many opportunities to let God be God, to let Jesus shine, to let the power and the anointing of God come forth in the place that we're in. People will recognize you as a believer when you begin to do the things that God tells us to do. And those that doesn't just happen automatic. It happens with practice. I mean, we have to start in the small places. Amen. Praise God. That's a good word, honey. Let's all stand to our feet. You know, it was a play on words about don't misplace your keys, but it is so important that you understand that we do have spiritual authority with the keys to the kingdom of heaven and that God wants us to birth on this earth his will and that we have been given that power and authority. Jesus defeated the devil. But the most important thing is he gave us eternal life. He came to take away all of our sins so that we would have eternity. Yes. And it's through the blood of Jesus, it's through God's amazing grace that he sent his son so that we would have eternal life. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.